Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show, Julie. This was a good episode. I just want to start off right off the bat and say one thing before we continue. I have not a bad word to say about Courtney in this episode. Not one bad word. And I want to make sure that's clear before we even start. I totally agree with you. I'm glad that you made that, that you said that because yes, completely. I thought this episode, which we'll get into obviously scene by scene, was such a perfect mix of the bullshit that we care about, but also some deep stuff without any of the filler scenes. Yeah, I mean, I could have done without Chloe being Chris's assistant, but like it didn't bother me. I loved it because I actually felt like we got to see in the Kylie Cosmetics office, we got to see her sick Dior fanny pack. I was into it. I know, me too. You know? Yeah, I, like I thought it was fine. Like there were certain times where I was like, okay, this is dragging on, but like it, it was fine. Yeah. Um, before we get into scene by scene, I just want to make a couple of housekeeping announcements. Number one, Justin Sylvester is coming on the podcast next week for our regular episode to co-host. And yes, we are obviously going to talk about Real Hostage of Beverly Hills. Isabel is going to come on also for that little recap. So that'll be fun. Second, our other bonus episode next week is the Dell small business episode we were talking about where we interviewed small businesses that have been impacted by celebrity endorsements. I really think you guys will like that one because we also talked about like the health nuts and the Sev lasers of the world and all of the Kardashian businesses that all of us know just from their association, even though they haven't done ads for them. Right? Isn't that what yeah, we and I, I loved that episode. We got, we finished that episode. We were on a high. Yeah. And right? it's funny because when we were going into it, we we're like, okay, like if we need to be recorded, we're not like whatever, we can do that. And then we finished and we were like, wait, that was so fun. So much fun. Um, and then two last things. Our Too Hot to Handle bonus episode, definitely listen to that. And I know I usually wait till the end, but you guys, we are amped about this one. And I'm going to say it on every podcast until May 7th, because that's the last (laughs) voting day. We were nominated for two Webbies and our podcast received an honorable mention. Please, please, please. It will take you 
two minutes total. To go onto Webby, you have to just sign and you have to put in your email and you can just search our name and find both the categories. It was social entertainment and um, celebrity fan. And we're up against like Game of Thrones and The Ellen Show and Jimmy Fallon. It's insane. It's and we really were, wild, honestly. It's wild, Julie. It is wild. Like I, and you know what's funny is that I don't know if you saw this, but Billy Eichner today posted about the Webbies because his inter- his Billy on the Street episode with Chris Evans got nominated. And he was like, he was like, um, like Chris Evans, how long am I going to have to carry like your career on my back for? Like I got you nominated for a Webby. And I was like, oh shit, we got nominated for one of those two. We got nominated for two of those. It's crazy. It was like the craziest thing. So if you have a minute, it would really mean the world to us. And if we have any fighting chance, it's our podcast listeners. So thank you guys in advance. Okay. You ready? I'm so goddamn ready. So the opening scene is Chris and Chloe at lunch. They're waiting for Kim. And, you know, this is when Chris drops the bomb that she's feeling a little bit stressed because her assistant is on vacation and Chloe, you know, offers that she can fill in for her assistant role. So Kim walks in, they fill her in on the situation. And two things that I wanted to mention, number one, the outfit that Kim was wearing, I'm sure you had the same thought, is the one where that was that day where they took a million paparazzi pictures. Yes. You know? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I had that thought too. And the second thing was, obviously, you know, when when Kim was pretend interviewing Chloe for the position, of course it was pretend, but it was interesting to see Kim in that mode because think about how many interviews she has to do with her own staff. Right. You know, like a million, I'm sure. It was also, I feel like going back to the paparazzi thing, I feel like out of all of them, the one person whose outfits I always remember from paparazzi shots is Kim. Like Kylie can wear something and I won't, I I won't necessarily remember it, but Kim's I always remember. Because Kim's are so deliberate. You know what I mean? Like they're not like her sweatpant outfits. I feel like I remember, like I remember where she was. I remember she was in New York and LA, what she was doing. Like they just stick out in my mind so much. No, it's really true. I just think I, I mean, remember like the, the last, I think it was the last episode of the last season when they were all dressing up with each other and, and Courtney was making fun of her for having a stylist that puts her in sweatpants. Like yeah. that, that's what it is though. I think every single thing that she wears is so well thought out that like, it would be honestly a disservice if we didn't remember it. I so agree. You know? Anyway. I so agree. So the first real scene, it's Chloe, Courtney, and Kim, and they're in Chloe's room and Kim kind of tells them that Kanye decided that he really doesn't want the responsibility to have the Christmas Eve party at their house this year. And he wants to give it back to Chris, which this was a shock. Which, by the way, I love Kim pretending like completely absolving herself from the situation. She's like, you know, Kanye was talking and he doesn't want to do it. Like she never mentions herself in it. She's never like, and I didn't fucking want to do that shit either. She's yeah. like, it blames it all on Kanye. Yeah. I mean, I, this obviously brought me back to the last season when we were actually, whatever season ago, when we were actually watching it happen. And Kim, you saw pre-party how stressed Kim was because of Kanye's extravagance. And even for her, it was getting a little bit over the top. Yeah. Kim probably said to Kanye, we're just, there's no way we're doing this again. Yeah. So Kim's in her confessional and she says, I think it started in 1980. And I just remember all this Christmas music in the house and the party getting set up and the catering and the food and the house getting set up with all of our friends. And it was just the best night ever. And she said, you know, they, she feels bad because she knows how much it means to Chris. And she also feels like her, you know, that was a huge plot line last season. The fact that they were taking the party from Chris and it was such an honor that Chris was willing to give it to Kim. And now Kim's kind of like, I kind of feel like the asshole is turning around and being like, so you want it back? You know? Right. Like that should have been a conversation where it's like, if I give this to you and you want to do this, I'm not taking it back ever. You have to figure it out from here on out. Yeah, it's so true. So the next scene, which 
I want to just put a little bit of a disclaimer out. I was very emotional this entire episode. Like I would have been regardless, but especially because I'm an only child who lost my mom, who has like severe PTSD for my dad's heart attacks and like is in fear of him dying every single day that what Scott went through was my biggest nightmare. Like right after my mom died, I was so afraid that my dad was going to die right after just like of a broken heart. Cause that's what happened to my grandparents. And that's literally kind of what happened with Scott's parents. So I was a wreck this time. I knew you would be. I knew, yeah. Anyway, so I feel like we should just give a little bit of background before we start. For anybody that doesn't know, when Scott was 30, his mom, Bonnie, died of, they say a long illness. We never really got the full facts. Um, It's still kind of unclear. And three months later, his dad also passed away. And the cause of death also is unknown, at least to our knowledge. He never really came out and spoke about the cause of death, at least to my knowledge. It's possible that they don't have an official cause of death because Jews don't really do autopsies unless it's like they suspect either foul play or they they really don't know what happened. And I think both of them were kind of in poor health. So it's possible that they never got an official cause of death at all. Yeah. And actually, there was one episode of Keeping Up a while ago when Scott met this fan, Josie, who was suffering from cancer. And he said in his confessional, quote, seeing Josie confront her illness really made me think about my dad who suffers from diabetes and needs a heart replacement. I really don't talk about it because it's so hard for me. Obviously, that was before he passed away. But we kind of got snippets of the fact that they were in poor health, but it was never it was never the main storyline, you know? Right. Yeah. So this scene, Kim and Scott are at Scott's house and Scott's kind of telling Kim that he heard the party that he had, she had for Chris was amazing. And then everybody was crying, which I was sitting there like, oh, Scott, you should have been there. I know. (laughs) I was like, he would have loved it. Yeah. And she said, you know, that Courtney was really emotional, that she cried through every step of the house. And Scott says, yeah, so now the kids keep asking about my childhood growing up. Like, do you have any pictures of the little dog you had? And Kim says that, her kids asked Kanye that too, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that also Kim's kids probably asked Kanye more since they took the trip to uh, Chicago and saw Kanye's childhood home. So it's probably, yeah. it probably stems a lot from that. Same way Courtney's kids here are like, okay, we know where mom grew up now. Like they, we saw pictures of the party. What happened with dad? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Scott was saying that he has a box of pictures and he has stuff that's been at Courtney's forever. And and Kim's like, you and Court cleaned out your mom's house and dad's house, right? So it's everything that you took. And he's like, evidently, I think I sold the house with whatever was in it. And a lot of stuff just threw it out. It wasn't a major priority. And he says in his confessional, he's like, I mean, listen, losing my parents is not an easy subject for me to talk about. It puts me in a very vulnerable place to remember them and think about them and remember old times. And this is when I started to lose it because now they're showing the clips from his bar mitzvah and... I mean, he looked like he would be best friends with Aaron Carter back in the day. His little blonde hair with the middle part. I couldn't handle it. Oh, and he says in his confessional, he's like, I definitely want them to not be forgotten. And I want to explain them as much as I can to my kids. And I think with the pictures, it's great. But, you know, I want to be able to talk to them more about it. And Kim is asking him, you know, like, what do you have from your childhood? And what do you remember? And Kim kind of asked him, like, is there anyone from your childhood that you still talk to? And and Scott kind of tells her that there's this one guy, it's the only person he really is still close with, and it's his Uncle Dave. I don't think it's his biological uncle. But no, like it's, it's not. His He's like, it's the quintessential family friend. Right. He lives in New York. And Scott basically says, you know, we talk a lot, but I haven't seen him in a couple of years. And he always, you know, asks when he can come to LA. And I think having the conversation with Kim kind of made Scott realize that he needed to like get back in touch with that, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think also his kids are getting older. And like, I think he's kind of, 
gone under the impression that, you know, he maybe doesn't need to speak to Mason as much about his dad because Mason will probably have his own memories, probably not as many, but has his own. And I think he's realizing now that as Penelope and Rain are getting older, he wants them to know because they're not going to have their own memories. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so basically he, this guy was in the delivery room with Scott, with Scott's parents when he was born and he's known him forever. And he basically calls him and he, he, they, they talk about getting old pictures, et cetera. And Kim says in her confessional, she's like, Scott was extremely close to his parents. He's an only child, but I feel like he doesn't talk about his childhood that much. And he doesn't really talk about his parents a whole lot ever since they passed away a few years ago. I think it's so important, but I think it's just hard for Scott. So he doesn't really like to think back too much. But, you know, Christmas really is about family and the kids and the uncle and Uncle Dave's the only family Scott really has. And I think it's important for his kids to see someone from his parents' side of the family and their circle of friends that they can really connect to. Oh, I, <laughs> I have so much to say. Hit us I like, <laughs> no, I mean, I just, I really, um, I mean, I've said this to you, Julie, like, and I wrote this, I think on my, my mom's birthday this year when I posted about it, like, there's this fear that even though you know knew your parents so well, there's this fear when they pass away, at least for me, of like, oh my God, I never want to forget them. Like the only thing you have to hold on to, yeah, you have pictures and stuff and you have videos, but it's your memory. Right. And on one hand, you want to talk about them constantly because you want to keep that memory alive. At the same time, it is so painful because what you're doing on a daily basis is you have to be in a little bit of denial. When you, when you deal with something that traumatic, your body has to have a little bit of denial in you so that you can function. It's like your right. brain protecting itself. Because if every single day at the forefront of your mind, it was, yeah, my parents died. It's, it's, that's no way to live. Right. So on one hand, you want to talk about them and, and bring them into existence at the same time. It's so painful to do that because it's such a prominent memory that they're not here. So like, I really get, I really understood where he was coming from here, even though I, of course, my wish is for him to bring them more into his life, you know? Yeah. And I think that also the thing with Scott specifically in the situation is that Scott really went through it afterwards. And I think that, you know, when he's remembering his parents, I think remembering them dying is painful enough without the added memory of remembering what he was like and what he went through after the fact. And I think those two things combined is like so much for him to handle because I think oh. those two things go hand in hand for him. Like, I think it's hard for him to remember his parents and what happened without remembering what happened to him on his own. Yeah. No, it's, it's all bundled together. I mean, his particular situation is, is like even more complex than just your average loss because of that. And because of the fact that it happened to both of them and being an only child, like that's not, I say, we always, always, always say this, but like that is never lost on me anytime we're discussing Scott, because right. I, know, I know the impact of losing one parent. That was my best friend. I, I, cannot even imagine the two in such a short amount of time at such a young well, age. And especially with the fact that, you know, Scott really doesn't have anyone that he's close to. Like there is, I, I feel like there's obviously such a difference when one of your parents dies. And even if you are an only child, if there's so many other people you have as a support system that knew your parents and knew you growing up and Scott doesn't really have that. Yeah. It's so true. I don't know. This was just like a, Kim was the right person to do it. You know? Yeah, I think Chloe would have been great as well. <laughs> Kim was literally me though, because when he was on the phone with um with Dave and they're talking about the pictures and Kim's like in the background, like, yeah, just just digitize them. No, you, you know, know? so you. Get, get them on the phone and Kim's like, who's Audra? Who's Audra? Who has the pictures? Who's Audra? And like, really fun stop. <laughs> yeah, it's so true.
So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So the next scene, we're at Courtney's house and she's basically having an outdoor movie night for Poosh. We gotta... <laughs> I thought it was a great idea. It was, no, it was a great idea. Stop saying poosh with so much sarcasm in your yeah. voice, okay? <laughs> I know. I think it's just the name. Like, I literally think it's it's just the name. I get it. I totally get it. I support her, but I don't know. There's just, <laughs> you know? Um, anyway, and so they're, she's having, they had a partnership with Paramount to screen the movie Like a Boss. And Chris Jenner is meeting Billy Porter for the first time, which the fact that we had that on camera was golden. I was going to say, wouldn't you watch a show of just celebrities meeting Kris Jenner for the first time? Or celebrities meeting each other for the first time. Yeah, but also specifically Kris Jenner. Yeah, like, I am so upset that we don't have on video the first time Jennifer Lawrence and Kris Jenner met. I know, right? Like, I feel like there's something about meeting Kris Jenner more than meeting the rest of the family because there's just an added level of eye contour. Yeah, I know. It's totally different. Totally different world. So... You know, Kim is outside looking at the candy bar, candy bar that Courtney set up. And she's like, oh, how ironic. She has a candy bar here and not sugar-free or gluten-free. <laughs> you know what's funny? What? When they yeah. reference old things, but they're just like referencing their own lives. And we think of it as refer- referencing episodes. Yes, this is what always happens. Like it always tri- I know I say this all the time, but it always trips me up. I'm like, oh, I loved that episode. But like for her, it was just like her life. It was just, yeah. Also, when they were doing these Insta stories, I remember watching the Insta stories. I mean, duh. You know, I remember, I remember every Kardashian Insta story I ever did see. Especially those fucking ones of Kylie dancing with Stormy in the new house. Oh my God. Today, I'm sorry, pause for one second. But today when Kylie and Stas were watching Trolls with Stormy and and Stormy grabbed Stas's leg, I was like, I've never wanted to be a leg so badly in my I life. I know. She's, Julie, she is so cute. She's so cute. Oh my God. I can't, I cannot, I cannot even handle it. When she says mommy, no. Uh, I no. was, could you imagine like literally a show that's just her and Luna hanging out? No. Luna, Luna camping in the backyard, reading scary, scary stories. Sorry. I just consider going camping for the first time in my life. I know you, she like really did. She really texted me that. Um, anyway, so Kim decides that this is the moment that she's going to tell Chris. And she says, she's like, 
So you know how people, when they're you know dating and they invite them to a public place to break up with them? So I thought I would do it in a public setting and tell you, you really can't get mad at me. And Chris is like, are you breaking up with me? And she's like, I'm breaking up with the Christmas Eve party. I just can't do it this year. And I don't think, I think this is genuinely the first time Chris heard that. Well, also because it's November. Like, I think it was a shock to Chris because they start planning this party in July. So up until now, I think Chris thought that she had it handled. Yeah. She, I, I, it's crazy this wasn't a conversation before. Yeah, it's crazy that Chris never texted her and was like, hey, by the way, what's happening with the Christmas party? It's in a month. Yeah. And she said, she's like, listen, you're lucky that you have a lot of brothers and sisters. And Kim says, she's like, listen, we have every house under the sun. It's not going to be an issue, which like, it's not. I mean, realistically, what's right. the absolute worst case scenario? They rented a house. You know what I mean? You know what I think actually would have been an amazing option? I think they should have done it. I was going to say, they should have done it at the old house, at Rob's house. And then Rob wouldn't have planned it. They would have just had them all plan it. And then none of them had to worry about it being at their house. Do you think Rob just wasn't down for that? I think they never even thought of it. Well, we should tell them. I think we should too. But I think they make it seem like they put such an emphasis on who hosts it. So I think it would have been such an emphasis on like Rob's house hosting it. And they didn't want that. Yeah. I mean, it would have been, we know for a fact that that layout works because she did it for so many years there, you know? Right. Right. So we'll get back to that because a lot of a lot of really interesting conversations happen, which we'll get into in later scenes. I cannot wait for those like debriefs, but Same. moving on. So next scene, we're at the Kylie Cosmetics office and this is Chloe's first day at Chris's assistant. I know this was one of those kind of filler scenes, but I loved every second of it. And I love Chloe and Dior. Julie, I'm not even a fan of the saddlebag, but the saddlebag as the, the fanny pack, it looked phenomenal on her. It looked amazing. It looked amazing. And with the Dior shoes with the vulcanized rubber ones, fucking fabulous. She wears it well. Chloe wears brands really well. She does. Even when she was in the full Fendi later on. Yeah. Chloe loves, loves, loves a brand. I know. A lot of people think it's tacky, which I could see, but I don't mind it. I just like, I think I'm one of those. I think I have like, um, I think I just like Chloe so much that I maybe give her a pass in fashion circumstances that other people wouldn't, you know? I also think that out of all of them, and yeah, Kim discluded from this, I think out of all of them, Chloe has a more streetwear style to her. And I think a lot of streetwear is, is dependent on brands. Yeah, for sure. I mean, her and Courtney couldn't be more opposite in that regard. No, couldn't be more opposite. And Kim falls in between where she like, she does love a brand and she does love streetwear, but it's just not in the way that Chloe does. No, I mean, Courtney and Kendall are definitely the most aligned when it comes to fashion. Yes. For sure. Um, Okay, so, you know, Chris is giving her her list of tasks, which again, it's not that I cared about Chloe doing this, but it was just interesting to hear what those tasks would be. So like printing out her schedule and putting together the Kylie Cosmetics press kits and, you know, having her test all the candy in the candy jar and seeing which is fresh, which by the way, talk about an inconsequential question that I've always wanted to ask them. Like, how do you ensure that these candy stays fresh? I guess she literally has a taster. By the way, that's the job I was born to do. No, you were born for it, Julie. I know for a fact I saw that and I was like, what am I even doing here? Like I should be in the Kylie Cosmetics office doing absolutely nothing other than testing to see if the snacks are fresh. Yeah, you'd excel. And you Um, know why I would excel is because I know what they should taste like. Exactly. I have an amazing comparison palette. Like sure, Chloe can say that the wafers aren't 100% fresh, but do you really know Chloe? Yeah, no, you were you were born for that job. I mean, you've been testing wafers without having to test them your whole life. I've been waiting for Chris Jenner to call me up to the majors. 
<laughs> it's like it's like that TikTok. <laughs> which which one? <laughs> the one where it's like I think it's I'm under shadow for so long. Yeah, yeah. That's me becoming Chris Jenner's I'm gonna make, not stale food tester. I'm making that a TikTok. Okay. <laughs> So this guy, Rod, walks in. Rod Issa, he's the VP of original programming at E. So I guess technically kind of like their boss. Right. <laughs> well, what's so funny is when he walks in and first of all, he like passes Chloe and walks right into Chris's office. And Chris is like, did my assistant not stop you? And she's like, you know, my new assistant, her name's Chloe, whatever. So then Rod walks back in with Chris to Chloe's where Chloe is. And he's like, hi, I'm Rod. I work at E. And Chloe's like, hi, I work at E too, sort of. I thought that was so funny. It was so funny, but it was also so funny to see Chris, like, like, it's very rare that you see Chris intimidated and she wasn't intimidated, but it was, it it was like for one second, she wasn't the most powerful person in the room. She definitely got caught off guard. Yeah. By him coming in. I don't know if it was a power thing or if it was just like an unaware of him coming thing, but she was definitely caught off guard. Well, I think the unawareness is number one. Like, I think that's probably what she prides herself on. She has eyes in the back of her head. She knows who's in what room. She knows how to play to it which is, I, I understand that quality because that's how I am too. Like, even if I'm not going to see the person, I like to know and who's the rooms around me, you know? Yeah, of course. And this definitely threw her off. But anyway, that happens, he leaves. And Chloe, you know, Chris is a little bit confused because Kendall's schedule isn't aligning with what she saw. But interesting, Chloe's on the phone with Kendall to confirm that she doesn't have a photo shoot. And she says to her, also, I'm proud of you. We need to talk. Well, the first thing that Chris, that Chris says when she says about the photo shoot, Chloe's like, no, she doesn't have a photo shoot. I know for a fact she's in Philly. Yeah. And I think that was, I mean, obviously Philly's been related. No, no one just goes to Philly. It's not like she was like taking a trip to Independence Hall. Like she was obviously there to see Ben. Um, but I think that was the first time that they ever mentioned it. Yeah. I mean, they didn't say his name, but the fact that they even said Philly. But what, do you think, what do you think she was proud of her for? I don't know. It could literally be, do you know something though with the Kardashians? It could be anything from like, you know, breaking up with the, with the guy that was like being an asshole or whatever to like being on the cover of Vogue. Right. Like there's no, I don't know. Maybe she got back together with, with Ben at this point. I don't know. I, anyway, I, don't I would love to know. Love to know. Also, this was just interesting because when Chris is asking Chloe about her scheduling, Chloe says to her, she's like, wait, my own assistants do my scheduling. So why would you do Kendall? And Chris is like, I'm Kendall's manager. And she's like, you don't do shit for me, which obviously was a joke. But I do think it's interesting. Like if I had Chris Jenner in a room, one of the questions I would love to ask her is like, how would you say managing each of the girls is different? Because it's totally different situations. And how much work do you truly do? Like at this point, how much work are you doing for Kim? Right. Because it's like Kim has her own assistant that's obviously scheduling things. It's not like you have to inbound things for Kim anymore. She's obviously, people are like getting it for her. So like really, how much do you do? I mean, she does a fuck ton. I just want to know how the role has changed. Right. You know? Because it's like, not. you can, Obviously, she spends the most time with Kylie though. It, yeah. It's, I mean, she's in office, in Kylie's office. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean. It's like, not for one second am I, just back to the Poosh conversation, not for one second am I downplaying Poosh. I think it's amazing that Courtney found a passion. It's just like, how do you expect me to treat that with the same level of seriousness that I'm going to treat Kylie Cosmetics? Like, I can't fake the excitement. I just, I can't. No, and I don't think it's expected for you to. Thank you, Joy. <laughs> but like, also, like, it's not like you don't, like, you can fake the excitement for a good American drop, can't you? First of all, there's no faked excitement there. I, 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 I mean, to me, listen, to me, 
obviously I, I love Good American. I think what Chloe's doing is great. But in terms of the 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 company in comparison to a Kylie Cosmetics or to a Skims, it's on the same level as a Poosh. No, see, that's where we disagree because unless I'm really mistaking something, any I think that Poosh has a future, but what I've seen so far is nothing that I like, I don't need you know, an article on how to tone your butt with five simple moves. Like there's a million other places to go for that than push. So until maybe, maybe I'm being, I don't know, maybe I need some sort of a tangible thing or maybe I'm just comparing it to products and that's totally different. But I guess I just feel like it hasn't been as impactful. Please don't. I feel like it's not a matter of impact. I feel like it's a matter of their individual passion projects and less about like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. And I, I, I'm so happy for her that she found it, but I just can't, I'm excited for her. I'm just not excited about the product, but like, it's not her fault that she can't show me the fucking push showroom. Cause there isn't a post push showroom, but there's a good American showroom. And there's a, you right. know what I mean? Like I just, Americans at Nordstrom. Like I don't push yeah, it anywhere. Exactly. But it gave me vital proteins and I'll never, I'll never, ever, ever hate on them just because of that. Yeah, we are vital proteins stands, and this is unpaid. We are unpaid vital protein stands. I actually would love some more if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get no. I guess we're, yeah, we get a lot of product, and we love every second of it. Okay, next scene. Um, this was so sweet. So we see Scott's bar mitzvah tape again, and we see the speech that Uncle Dave, you know, say, gave to him at his bar mitzvah. Which, oh, Julie. I can't get over bar mitzvah tapes. Like, I can't get over that we all have the exact same one. Well, all I could think about is what's Mason's going to be? M, you know that I was put on this goddamn earth to plan Mason's bar mitzvah. But do you think that he's going to have one? Yes. You want to know why? Because regardless of, I don't know if they'll do like a full service. I don't know if it'll like have a haftor and a Torah portion to memorize. But I think that in terms of, Kardashian world, any excuse to have a party, they're going to have a party. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'm just curious. And again, the two can totally coexist. Like you can be a like super in your own faith and also be fine with your kid having a bar mitzvah. I just don't know how Courtney, how open to a Courtney would be because of how like much she values Christianity, you know? Yeah. But I think that if they, yeah, I know. I, I think it would definitely have to be a conversation, but I could totally see them maybe not labeling it as a bar mitzvah necessarily, but giving him a bar mitzvah like 13th birthday. Yeah. And you know what the thing is about party planning for a bar mitzvah is that, you know, you can do a lot with a theme for an adult birthday, but at the end of the day, like you need to, to have a maturity factor to it. Like you need to know it's an adult birthday. When it's a kid's birthday, you can do so much, but it's all childish. Like a bar mitzvah planning is where Mindy will shine. Shine, Julie. Fucking It's the perfect shine. balance of like a little bit adult, a little bit childish still with a theme. I mean, talk about you. You were born, listen, stay in your lane. You were born to test the candy in the Kylie Cosmetics office. Mindy Weiss was born to plan Mason's bar mitzvah. I think you forget that bar mitzvah planning is in my blood. <laughs> okay, fine. Your dad can do the products. I mean, please, he'd be the happiest guy in the whole world. <laughs> okay, so, you know, next scene, we finally meet Uncle Dave. And first of all, he comes in in this sweater Gucci belt combination. I was so into him. I was loving every second of it. I, I was so love much. Uncle Dave in a Gucci belt. Oh my God, I, I waited my whole life to see Uncle Dave in a Gucci belt. Did you not? No, I, I clearly, I didn't know until I saw it how badly I needed to see Uncle Dave in a Gucci belt. But once I saw him, and not just any Gucci belt, he went for the large size and I know it. 
Yeah. And we know it. Dave, if you're listening, I want you to know that we recognize that. Dave, if you're listening, I want you to know that you looked like Chance the Rapper in the I'm the One music video. (laughs) Julie, I want to mute Dave listening. (laughs) So he says that Scott's personality when he was a kid is just like Rain's, which of course just makes so much sense, does it not? So much. Rain has the best personality of anyone I've ever seen. Yeah, he's so cute. So Kim says, you know, I want to know more about his childhood. And Scott's like, you do? What do you want to know? And she's like, yeah, I'm super interested. And Dave kind of is saying how Scott was really good at everything. And he was, you know, he's just saying how much of a part of the family he was, that he was always at Scott's house growing up. And Kim asks Penelope if she remembers her grandparents. And she says no. And Chloe's like, you know, she was a baby. And Kim's like, Bonnie loved you, P. She was so excited. She used to want to show you chipmunks in the backyard. And this is the moment when Scott stands up and you can tell that he's starting to kind of get a little bit of fidgety and get a little bit, get a little bit uncomfortable. I think it was just like a lot for him. Yeah. Like, even though I'm sure he was so happy to have Dave there with it, it brought all these emotions because he said like in a couple scenes back, he said one of the reasons they haven't seen each other is because they were, it was such a reminder to both of them. Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, but I have to just say like, I, this was the, and Kim, nothing wrong with her asking that question. She was coming from a really good place. But like that to me was the most emotional of the entire episode because like what gets me the most about losing my mom is the fact that like all she could have ever wanted is to see my kids, which I know right. she will spiritually, but like oh, to hold my kids and right. she can't. She's like she will factually never be able to. And like, I just, yeah, he, she, you know, his mom met but she doesn't remember her. And like, that is really, that's a hard pill to swallow. And it was, he was being directly confronted with it. And I, I just wanted to hug him in that moment, you know? Yeah. I think that was, yeah, I think that was definitely a difficult moment, especially for Penelope to say that she doesn't remember. And Chloe says they're in their confessional. And and Chloe says the first three years after my dad passed away, I couldn't even talk about my dad. I would be on the verge of tears at any moment, but the more I got comfortable with talking about him, it brought me comfort. So I wish Scott didn't get like this. I wish he would either talk about how he's feeling I think the more he does talk about his parents, the easier it will get. And then it's fun to talk about memories. You don't want your parents to just disappear, which again, like that is probably his biggest fear. And also like, right. It's so, you never want the memory of someone that you care so much about to just go away. You know, we have, yeah, as, as being the ones that are alive, like we have a responsibility to keep their memory and their legacy alive. And sometimes it's really painful, but we have to find a way that like works for us to do so. Yeah, you know, Of course, totally. Um, and you know, Dave says, he's like, it's like losing someone in a car accident. You know, it's like you had no closure. And Chloe's like, I know, I know that he's really happy that you're here, which I think he was. Yeah, I think so too. I think it was, I mean, I think just because it was difficult for him doesn't mean that he didn't love having him there. Yeah. Also Scott's house like really has minimal furniture. I love it. No, I, I just didn't realize. I don't think. Yeah. I think that, I think it has the perfect amount of furniture. The room doesn't look empty, but it doesn't look cluttered. It's very Scott to do that. Yeah, it's unfucking believable though how many of their houses have white couches. Like, I don't know what, what must go on there. They must have a, especially with all those kids. There's just so much white in all of their houses and I just find that to be so stressful. I, it stresses me out, I know. You know? Anyway, next scene. Julie, why don't you intro this one? Aw, thanks, kid. So they're all at Chloe's house. They're outside. And it's Chloe, Kim, Courtney, Chris, Corey, and little cutie MJ's there. And so interesting that Courtney says when they're all sitting down, she's like, you know, I refuse to go to Health Nut. 
until they changed it to no plastic. And Chloe's like, oh, those nasty paper bowls. I'll never, like, it'll never be the same. What did you, th- I have one specific thing that I was thinking of in this moment. Well, I have like three things to say. But, I, but like, what, what did you think of when she was talking about them changing the bowls at Health Nut? Um, the fact, two things. One, the fact that I couldn't believe Kim said that on camera because I think she would get wrecked by the environmentalists. And Chloe, two, yeah. Oh, it was, I thought it was Kim that said it. No, Chloe said it. Oh, Chloe said it. Um, yeah, I thought that she would get wrecked by the environmentalists. I was shocked she said that on camera. And number two, um, I was just thinking about like the Kardashian influence. Like Courtney walked in there and was like, not ordering from Health Nut anymore. And they were like, okay, we'll change the bowls. No problem. You know what I was thinking of? What? When Justin Bieber didn't like the new Tim Hortons cups. That's hilarious. Did they change them back? I don't, I think they like <laughs> gave a, like an updated version and helped him like meet him halfway or something. I don't remember. Wow. That's a great comparison. Thanks, kid. So keep going. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm in I feel like I'm in class and I like did something to get out of reading a paragraph, but the teacher didn't forget that I was I was starting. <laughs> Do you not want to? I can. No, I just no, no. I'm, I'm happy to. I'm happy to. Okay. Um so Chris brings up the Christmas party and she says it's coming up and she asks Courtney if she'll volunteer to do Christmas Eve. And they basically were saying that like they loved how Courtney's done her parties and that at Kim's party last year, it was just like the environment wasn't conducive to what they wanted. It was a little bit spread out. There wasn't like, you know, there was a separate kids and a separate adult and they wanted to be more together. And can, Courtney wait, said, wait, can I just say something? No, I yeah. just have, I have to ask you something. This was the, like, I felt like this is the first I'm hearing of this. Like, as yes. far as mine, like, where was this, where was this when you and Paris Hilton were sliding down the faux snow mountain? You know what? I have to say that I think that their party was so extravagant that maybe they were downplaying a little bit so that Courtney wouldn't feel bad taking it over. Because had they been like, you know, Kim did it last year and it was fucking amazing and they had a sled and they did this and they had this, like, I think that Courtney would have felt a little overwhelmed. I don't think she wants to have to live up to that. No, but I think that maybe partially, but I think that they were being serious. Like, I think it's true. Once you really think about it, it's, it is true. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I feel like, yeah, it was it was a little bit spread out, but like also all that does is make me think about how much land Kim has that she was able to have a Christmas party that was spread out. Yeah. Is anyway, that crazy to have an outdoor Christmas party that's too spread out? Yeah. <laughs> what? It's fucking wild. I know. Okay, keep going because I have so much to say. Okay. So then once they decide that Courtney's going to do it, Chris then says, okay, but since, you know, you're doing Christmas Eve, how would you feel about Kylie doing Christmas morning? And Courtney's like, no, I'm not. I'm doing, I'm not, not doing Christmas morning. It's all I care about. And Chloe's like, she'll do both is what she's saying. And Courtney's like, this was so interesting. Courtney's like, I'm not doing Kylie's. Kylie's will be too over the top. She'll have a chef. She'll have like, I don't want that. I can do my own thing. I don't want that. I wake a homey Christmas vibe. And Chris is like, she has a homey house. And Courtney's like, nope, not, nope. I cannot imagine spending my Christmas morning there. Wasn't Julie, that so interesting? This was the most interesting part of the entire episode. Like one of the most interesting parts. I, it was so like, okay, this is, this is how I felt. We in general view the Kardashians as, ex, as extravagant, right? Because as a, as a bunch, they are. But it was so interesting how they individually can rank each other's extravagance level. And like, even Courtney can acknowledge the fact that Kylie is just so over the top, even for her. And like, that to me is when you know that it's like, holy shit. Yes. And the thing with Courtney, I feel like is that like Courtney's whole brand, push aside, 
is being a mother. And she, and, and that's not like a wrong thing saying that. Like that is what she wants her brand to be. That is what she cares about. That is like, if you talk about Courtney, she wants her name to be synonymous with being a mother. And I think for her, there is nothing that exemplifies that more than Christmas morning. And I think that it's her time to like shine as a mother, she feels. So I think that the whole idea of doing everything herself, the cooking herself, the setting the table, making it adorable for the kids, putting up the presents. Like I think the idea of doing every single thing herself is so important to her as a mother. And I think that she knows that Kylie has a very different view on how to do things. It doesn't mean Kylie's less of a mother, obviously. It just Kylie's view on that is very different. And I think that it's really, really important to Courtney that she doesn't stray away from what her view is. No, absolutely. And I think she just, it was like interesting though, because she, she snapped for a second and it wasn't, it wasn't like resentful about Kylie. I don't think it, but it, I don't think that it was any sort of resentment towards Kylie, but I think it was just like, uh, no, she's not taking this one. I don't care how over the top she is, you know? Right, exactly. And I think that also, like, Christmas is Courtney's thing. Like, we all know that. Like, every, we know that, they know that, everyone knows that Christmas is Courtney's. So I feel like when Kent, when Chris was suggesting doing Christmas at Kylie's, for Kylie, it was like doing a party. Like, it was another chance for her to have, like, this extravagant party, to do it really well, to do it the way she wanted. And for Courtney, it was Christmas. And I think there's a huge difference in those things. And that's why Courtney wasn't willing to budge. And I think that had, you know, maybe Chloe said something about wanting to do it. It probably would have been a little bit different of a conversation. But I think because it was Kylie and she knows how Kylie is, it was like, no, right off the bat, no. Yeah, totally agree. Also, it was interesting when they were talking about who else could do the Christmas Eve party. And they're like, no, Kylie, she doesn't have enough space. And I'm like thinking, well, this was, you guys don't, don't even know about the $36.5 million house she just bought. But she can't do it there either. There's no outdoor space. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Julie, when we were, um, when, like when I was watching the episode of how she, we were talking about that, the house last week, like it's huge, it's massive and it's 0.83 acres, which like I understand is big, but in the scheme of things is nothing for a house like that. Well, especially when the house takes up the entire property. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so true. Like that is one, I guess that's just a a thing about LA. And that's one of the things that people were saying, because you and I had that whole conversation about like, does the house she has now, is that her main house or is that is the one she just bought going to be her main one? And people were saying like, even though it's the bigger house and it's the more expensive house and she dropped a fucking fortune on it, there isn't outdoor space for Stormy. Yeah. Which is a huge factor. Yeah. So, and, and Chris kind of says, she's like, listen, if you want to give it a shot, go for it. I just think that it's going to be hard to do a beautiful Christmas Eve party and do Christmas morning. And Courtney is basically like, listen, do whatever you want, but I'm not going to Kylie's and I'm not giving it up. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondering app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This was an amazing scene, this next one. So it's Chris, Kim, Courtney, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie all eating all at Kim's house. And Mindy Weiss 
is there to plan the Christmas party, which I just feel a sense of calmness come over me when I see her on the screen. I say it every time and it's just true. Same. Absolutely same. I need to talk to her about Mason's bar mitzvah. I can't stop thinking about it. And yeah, same. And <laughs> I was like, I'm into the party at Courtney's. I've had some good drunk nights at Courtney's. I'm down. Courtney's like, I think you've only had one drunk night at my house. And it's stupid conversations, but I just, I just love every second of it. As I was watching this episode, I was like, they could be talking about nothing and I would be so interested. And there's no one else that I feel this way about. It's like really unbelievable. It's so crazy. And you know what else hit me in that moment? For some reason, when they were talking about Kylie getting drunk at Courtney's and Courtney's like, I'm pretty sure that only happened once. Their age difference really hit me. Like they're fully 20 years apart. I know. Isn't that and wild? You never think it. Especially because Kylie's a mom. Right. But like literally there's a full 20 years between them. Yeah. Also, the other reason that I, that thing that came over me in this episode was like what you were just saying with us knowing that Courtney loves Christmas. Like, why do we know that? Like, why do I feel in my soul Courtney's emotional connection to this holiday? I'm, first of all, I'm Jewish. I don't even, I don't have an emotional connection to the holiday myself. And second of all, I've never even been like, but meanwhile, I'm sitting there like, you guys can't take this away from her. You know, Jewish were such a different disadvantage during this thing. I was like, I I was like, what does it matter? Yeah, I know. We, we can't fully, I had no ability to relate to this. I was like, I was like, what does it matter where you open your gifts? Like I opened mine on my couch and my dad bed would be $50. I know. Well, Hanukkah just for us, at least just like hits different. There's it's no, no comparison. No, none at all. But I don't know. I'm, I'm happy with Hanukkah. I don't think I could handle the pressure of Christmas. No, I love watching it from the sidelines. I'm like, I am so happy for you guys. I want you to do your thing and celebrate. And I want to see all the gifts, but I'm, I'm not good at wrapping gifts. It's never been my thing. And so I'm glad that I don't have to do it. I feel like, I feel like a lot of my um, thinking I'm always right and thinking I'm smarter comes from the fact that I knew if you're watching with kids, pause this part because I do not want to ruin the secret for anybody, but Santa's not real. And I think the fact that I knew that and all of the Christian kids in my class didn't really gave me a leg up on that. <laughs> I love when we address the root of your, your childhood roots as to your thought process. As I'm this was coming out, I had a vision of somebody watching it, like listening to this while like cleaning with their kids at home and me being like, Santa's not real. And then being like, Santa's not real. Like I would have just ruined Christmas for some little kid. I know. I'm glad that you threw in the warning. It would have broken my heart. Anyway, so Courtney says she's saying to Mindy that her goal is to make it a little bit more homey and less over the top than usual. And Kylie says, she's like, you know, I actually missed the conversation about Christmas morning. And I'm like, you know what? You did, but it's okay. Let's get into it. You know? (laughs) (laughs) I feel so personally invested. Like I am fully in that kitchen when this is happening. You know what's different about Courtney in this scene is that like Courtney was not shying away from this fight. Like Courtney knew she was right. Courtney knew this was her thing and she came prepared and it wasn't like Kylie was going to talk her out. It wasn't like she was going to have bad communication issues. It was like she knew what she wanted. She knew how to express it. She knew why she wanted it. And it was, there was no way it was going any other way. But that's because what she was fighting about was what she actually wanted. When, When Courtney is very transparent in terms of her motives, she has a much easier time expressing herself. But when she's not getting to the actual root of the situation, which in the Kim and Chloe situation, a lot of it was the fact that Kim and Chloe are so close and that bothers her because of her lost relationship with Chloe. And she wasn't saying that. It gets all jumbled, you know? Right. So, you know, after Kylie says that, Kim basically looks at her. She's like, listen, Courtney's not giving it up. And Courtney goes, it really means a lot to me and I would love to keep it at my house more than the party. I don't care to have the party at my house, but I'm happy to if you guys want it there. 
And Kylie's like, listen, I know no one agrees and no one cares, but I'm going to do my Christmas morning at my house and then meet you guys. And Chloe's like, you want Stormy by yourself, not with her cousins? And Kylie's like, it just doesn't make sense that Santa only goes to Courtney's house. The best part about Christmas morning for me growing up was Santa visits to the house. I mean, that's why you love it at your house. It's the same thing. I just want that for Stormy. And Chloe's like, for me, for selfish reasons, it's just me and True. And Kylie's like, it's just me and Stormy. And Chloe's like, you have 12 million friends that stay with you at all times. And she's like, no, no one's going to come to Christmas morning. Chloe's like, you're telling me Stoss won't be with you. You have people. Tristan's working. Kim's like, I'm torn on it just because I want to be all together. But North keeps saying, why doesn't Santa come to our house? This is so crazy that he only comes to Auntie Courtney's. Mm -hmm. And Kylie's like, maybe your kids should wake up, see all their gifts. It's so much easier. You don't have to travel with all your gifts. And then we can all meet and have a Christmas brunch and all be together. I thought that was a very fair compromise. Yeah, I mean, I'm literally sitting there taking notes, like, point by Kylie. Courtney, how are you going to come back from this one? (laughs) (laughs) Courtney's like, why don't you do it earlier, like at seven, and then I'll come to my house eight or nine. And Kylie's like, what if we do a cute brunch with the table outside? And Kim's like, it's still more family style, but people can clean up and they can do all that. I know you don't like people at Christmas. This was an amazing line by Kendall. She's like, I think that, like, we can take a day and just, like, not be waited on, you know? Like, why don't we do it on our own? Like... (laughs) She was cut from a different fucking cloth. I'm telling you. I know, but I love, I loved the transparency in this scene. Yeah, right? Like them, like this was a really honest conversation. Obviously, like to the average person listening to this, it was so like, you know, the idea of having people come in and do do your things on Christmas and, and wait on you and do everything. Like it wasn't necessary. And it's not something that the average family really relates to. But I felt like the fact that they were talking about it was really crazy. I don't know why. It What it was, was them not caring about how they're perceived in like the, in the most positive way. I mean, like this is, listen, every family problem is relative to your family. This is actual stuff that they go through. So they're not going to cut that out just because it's not relatable. They've never pr- tried to be relatable. That's not their thing. You know right. what I, mean? I don't even think they were talking about it necessarily. It's like a problem that they have to solve. It was more like, it was more like they just, it was just a conversation that they were having in a logistics thing. It was just so crazy to hear. Yeah. And Courtney says in her confessional, you know, that she agrees with the idea of everyone doing Christmas presents at their own houses. And she's like, Christmas morning is mine. And I want a really cozy, intimate moment with with us and the kids. I don't want servers there. I don't want housekeepers. I don't want chefs. I don't want a decorator coming in and setting the table. I just want it to be really special, like how we grew up. And Kendall's like, yeah, I know. I think it's fun that we do it ourselves. The one thing that I wanted to say, I don't know if you thought this too, was in addition to Courtney and Kylie's age difference showing, it also showed the difference in their upbringing in a sense of like, they both obviously grew up like well-to-do, but when Kylie was born and when Kylie was growing up, there was already more of an extravagance than, like, I know that Robert Kardashian did really well for himself, obviously, and they grew up, but I'm saying they weren't as famous as they were when Kylie was 13 years old, you know? Right. Also, I don't know if it's necessarily upbringing because obviously Kendall and Kylie are a year apart. I feel like it's so much more about their personalities. Like, I think that- No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm saying, wait, hold your thought, but I just want to clarify what I was saying. I'm saying that um, when 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 Kendall, sorry, when Courtney was saying growing up, that's what I meant. No, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Like, I understand there was obviously such a difference or there was a difference in the way they were brought up in the world, like with them knowing, like us knowing them, whatever. But I think that personality wise, I think that Kylie and Kim are so similar. We're like to them, it's like, 
why wouldn't we have people help us? Like, what does that take away? Like, it just makes everyone's lives easier. And I think Kendall and Courtney are so, so similar in their outlook on things. I think that we are rec- we are learning in the most recent seasons more about Kendall and Courtney's similarities than we ever have. Yes, I agree. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. So the next scene, we're at Scott's house with Uncle Dave again. And this is when Chloe walks in in that full Fendi getup. You know something? I loved it. Good for her. Where right? ever makes you happy, Chloe? Yeah. Scott loves True. He, he still calls her Truzeldorf, which I'll never understand the nickname. But you know what? If he's happy, I'm happy. He loves True. Yeah, it's really cute. And they have all the big boxes of pictures and stuff from Scott's parents' house. And Scott's showing pictures of him when he was little terrain. And Dave's telling Chloe that every year Scott's parents would throw these huge birthday parties for him. And like, I felt like Scott has been in this family for so many years. And this was, I to me, like, I feel like one of the first times that they were getting to hear these intimate memories of his childhood, you know? Yeah, well, he he really clearly doesn't talk about it. And I think that obviously, you know, as he was talking about his parents' health issues prior to them dying, I feel like because they had health issues, I think that even when they were alive, he probably didn't talk about it too much because it was probably like the idea of knowing what's coming. Yeah. 
So he says in his confessional, he says, quote, I think when my parents passed, it was just too hard to talk about. And as much as I was kind of dreading looking through some of these old photos, because I thought it was going to bring up sad memories, I'm happy Dave brought them with him. The truth is, it's brought up so many amazing memories and so many things that I forgot. It's definitely not easy, the fact that I don't have my parents here, and I miss them a lot. But I think the more that I talk about my parents, the more my kids will feel connected to them and remember them. And you know, Dave was a really great person to go through all this with. Being able to look through family photos with him was amazing because he remembers everything and he was probably the person I needed the most to transition back into thinking about all these memories. Oh, that I, was know. A really, I know. Yeah. Just, I get it. I was like, I hear you. I, I told you, I watched the video of my first bath like two weeks yeah. ago my dad, and I was like laughing and crying so hard at the same time. But right. I was, af- I had been afraid to do it for so long because I knew how emotional it would be. And I was like, no, I can't, you know, I can't, you have to give yourself space and time totally. But like, I have to face it because right. not remembering her isn't an option. Right. You know? Exactly. Yes. So, which by the way, Scott does look a lot like Mason in those pictures. They're twins. They're yeah. twins in that picture. Yeah. Um, okay. Take us through the next scene. So Do you like how I just randomly throw it to you? I'm having fun. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> if we were in real, I, I can't, I'm trying to think when, when I do this in real life, how you react. You're what? fine with it. Like when I do, when you do what in real life, they'll make me take over topics. Yeah. Like I'm saying when we're in the podcast in real life. Oh, I just like take a second to be like, why didn't you give me a warning? <laughs> yeah. Well, Julie gets, Julie gets a little bit of stage fright reading, but you don't have to do reading. You're good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. So the next scene, they're at Courtney's house, right? Mm-hmm. So it's Chloe, Courtney and Chris and Kylie FaceTimes them. And she's basically showing them the pajamas that she got for Christmas morning. Chloe loves. She suggests a Ralph Lauren vibe. Kylie's already got it handled. <laughs> I was loving this. Literally. Why? I, I just was loving every second. And when and when Courtney said, when Courtney said uh, the Ralph Lauren vibe, I was literally like, I was thinking the exact same thing. Because when you walk into Ralph Lauren, it's the, or Ralph Lauren, depending on what you want to say, it, it's the plaid. It's that really you know, that candle that's burning, like it's exactly what she, I, I got her vibe so much. Yeah. It's also dark greens, reds. Like I know exactly what she wants. Yeah. It feels like Christmas. Yeah. For me as a Jew, the only time I feel Christmas <laughs> is when I walk into Ralph Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> so they're having their final meeting with Mindy and Mindy really stepped up her game. Her and her team bring these presentation boxes. So official, right? gorgeous gorgeous boxes did you hear when chloe's like this is so rich of you yeah i know it's so fun um and they're just showing you know i loved seeing this process because it's so interesting to see how mindy weiss works and really the genius that she is and the way that she lays it out so clearly and so beautifully and with so much attention to detail and you know she's showing them the cutouts of what the lights are going to look like and what the trees the entryway is going to look like and it was funny because she's showing all these little details about things that she wants to add. For example, that mailbox that she got, the kind of vintagey looking mailbox where the kids can write the letters. And you see Courtney gets so excited about it. And Chloe's like, oh, it's so cute how excited she gets about those little things. I swear to God, Julie, this is when I had to check myself for being like fully psychotic because I knew before Mindy even said it what Courtney was going to be excited about. I did too. I knew she was going to love that mailbox. Yeah. It was, it's very like, they can write letters to Santa and that's what makes Courtney happy. She's very sentimental, you know? Yes. I think, I think all all of it comes from the fact that she was the oldest child during her parents' divorce. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of it. 
Um, and they do the, you know, Mindy showing her the greenhouse tent, which I was so happy they ended up going with. I fucking love a greenhouse tent. Yeah. And it was just, it was. And I have to say, while we're still on the topic of the greenhouse tent, in the later scenes where you can see it outside the window from Courtney's house when they're sitting there and you can see the, the tent still outside, it looked fucking fabulous from the window. It did. It did. And it, I mean, we, you know, obviously we're watching this however many months later from the actual party. So we got, we knew that it was a success. So I wasn't stressed out through any of this episode because I knew it was going to turn out great because I would remember that night any, from anywhere, you know? I have to tell you, whenever Mindy comes on the screen, I, screen, I know I don't have to be stressed. Yeah. It's Even so, no, in their most chaotic planning moments of party planning, if Mindy's there, I know I have nothing to worry about. I completely agree. Um, and the next scene, you know, they didn't have, they wanted to keep the intimate vibes. They didn't have it filmed, but they were showing all the snaps. We basically saw most of these, but you know, Sia's there and we see Rob and we see Kylie with that insane emerald fucking necklace, which I will never, ever get over that necklace. Love Kylie and emeralds. Love. That, that may be one of the most insane pieces of Kardashian jewelry we've ever seen. I'm obsessed. I know. I so agree. Right? Agree. And I mean, they all agreed, obviously the last scene there at dinner at Chloe's and everyone's there and- you know, they're kind of just debriefing on the whole Christmas Eve party in the morning. And I think they were all really giving Courtney credit where credit was due. And didn't you feel like they were hesitant to not compliment her too much? Like Courtney, Courtney was like, you know, everyone who came up to me said it was the best Christmas party they've been to. Like they said it was the best one so far. And, and Kim and Chloe were like, yeah, it was like really good. Like, I felt like they were, they came willing to compliment her. And then as soon as Courtney was like, you know, everyone said it was the best one. They were like, yeah, it was really nice. Like we had a really good time. Yeah, Kim was like, I didn't spend a fucking million dollars on this like who world or whatever the fuck she did last year for for yours to be the best of all time. You know? Exactly. Although I loved Courtney's my favorite part about the 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 um the party was the little stations that Courtney had that was like the hot chocolate station and the cookie decorating station. I thought that was so adorable. Yeah, it's just crazy how not knowing these people you how much we can understand their vibe like I would have if you gave me 50 parties I'm telling you I could tell you which one each was planned by they all have very very distinct things yeah they really do um and the episode kind of ends with Chloe and Chris in the confessional saying that they can't imagine that Courtney's going to want to give up having the party next year so listen as far as we know that party is Courtney's um I can't wait and I know she'll do a great job Courtney we have faith in you. We just want you to know that. I can't wait to see what the theme next year is going to be. I know. I mean, obviously same. Um, okay. Anything else that you wanted to add? I think that's it, kid. Listen, guys, don't think that we don't have a lot to say about Gigi Hadid's pregnancy and the more Kristen Cavallari stuff that's coming out. I cannot wait for Monday's episode. We're also going to do a whole Bravo thing. Like, there's just there's a lot of good stuff happening. And we love you guys so much. Please, please, please take one minute. Go on to the Webby Awards. Vote for us in both categories. Could you fucking imagine if we won against these giant players? It would be the great, like, Julie would be the craziest. No, I mean, that would be fucking wild. Like, I honestly, I can't even imagine. But if you want to prove me wrong... <laughs> I know. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna say it on every episode, just for the next week or whatever, just in hopes that there is a god somewhere. Good idea, kid. Thanks. Okay, love you guys. We will see you on Monday. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically, when I'm buying something or paying for a service. I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada 
For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.